And we are recording. Welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I'm Finn, your host. Not with the most. The host with the least. Actually, the host with the mid. The host with the mid. The host with the mid. I ain't got that loud. But the host with the mid. You don't understand drug speak. The host with the mid. I was going to say, I heard that mid is like not a good thing now. All of a sudden, it's like you could, you could know a word and what it means for 33 years and then one day you wake up uses it differently and then you're like i've never heard that word that way before and I then for the rest still, of the day I you see still, it 18 times i still have not forgiven generation z for changing asl i, I haven't forgiven them for changing eta what the fuck are they using eta now nowadays you are on social media and the public's like oh um my name is so-and-so, and then they'll write ETA, I'm also a cancer. That it means edited to add. Why the fuck can't you just say edit? You know what? So they write ETA to say, oh, I edited to add, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, so, and then people look at you crazy when you're like, why didn't you just say edit? Well, because you're supposed to use ETA. Where does it say that? ETA has been estimated time of arrival for like, However long there has been fucking maps. Welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn, where every day I find new reasons to hate every generation in existence, my own included. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, I'm Finn, okay? I am not canceling. Actually, I do have a reason to cancel myself this week, really, because as I was driving, and I was driving, I told you today I had to drive out to Pennsylvania. And um, on my way back, there was, like, an accident on the turnpike. Well, not on the turnpike, but, like, before you got to, like, the, the exit for the turnpike, right? The, you know mm-hmm. they ain't let nobody get no accidents on that turnpike. If I ever saw an accident on that turnpike, that means the, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is on the way. That is dead ass. I never seen an accident on that turnpike in my entire black-ass life. But, <laughs> like... I was on I was on the highway um, and as I was coming in, there was a slowdown and I looked over. You know how every month in a while you kind of look over at other drivers, especially when you're like stuck, but you don't want to look too long because what if they ugly? And what happened was I just kind of turned and the person driving in, in like the other car to my right looked at me and I saw them and I saw their face and I was like, ooh, that's an unfortunate face. And I thought it in my head. I thought it in my head. I didn't say it out loud, but I'm mad at myself for saying that, for like thinking that. I mean, I legitimately, like, I literally just had this conversation with you yesterday about someone. So I guess I can also be canceled for the exact same thing. I mean, look, I, a matter of fact, and you know, today, like today, I would be in, it was the, remember I told you today the dude who tried to slide into my DMs and I was like, no, thank you. And he was like, why not? And I was like, I'm not attracted to you. I'm not physically attracted to you. And he said, and he said, hold on, hold on. Oh. And you went with it. You told me that that makes sense. And let me tell you something. I appreciate that, oh, because that means I don't have to respond. You, you let that open for interpretation. So I'm not responding. But my thing is, and I had to learn this within myself as I got older. Because, you know, when you're like, especially when you're a little teeny bopper, and you're like really into, you know, you're really starting into dating and all that stuff. And you're like, 
oh, the person doesn't like me. Why don't they like me? What do I need to change? Blah, blah, blah. As I got older, I'm like, bitch, I know I'm not perfect, but not everybody got to be into me. I am not everyone's cup of Earl Grey, okay? I got a little bit too much lemon in me for you to be liking that vest, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So his mistake was asking me why I'm not into him. Don't be asking people why they not into you. If I don't know you, I don't care. That's dead ass. Anyway, the real person I wanted to cancel this week, I wanted to, um, before we started, normally I, I'd be canceling myself, but I feel like I need to say this. Because also we were talking about my hatred of multiple generations. Let's not just do it for the Generation Z, okay? We're also mm-hmm. going to do it for my grandfather, who is somehow at the cusp of the silent generation and the boomers. And we were out doing, you know, I told you about Juneteenth family, you know, uh, lunch, dinner with my grandfather and my cousin, and it was awesome. Um, and my grandfather, I said, I said, you know, my dream to when I retire is to just find a beach town where everyone is listening to the same radio station. That sounds beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a gorgeous way to be some random ass, old ass white man on a beach driving a wagoneer carrying a surfboard. That's who I want to be. Could that man be knowing shit? And I want to be that man. I want to know what he knows. So, you know what my grandfather said with his black ass self? He said to me, well, what if they're all listening to Trump on the radio? Have you ever had someone shatter your dream real fast just by saying shit? Remember when you were a kid and they told you Santa Claus didn't exist anymore? It felt akin to that. I see you laughing. I see the tears in your eyes. (laughs) The fact that you live so close to that actuality is sad. <laughs> oh my god. I don't remember being told that Santa wasn't real, but I remember the Christmas after I found out that he wasn't real. For those listening, Santa Claus is not real. Um but your mom and, and remember, daddy is and they bought him gift. Thanks them. And I remember my mom having to remind me as Christmas approached that even though I had seen the light, not everybody else had seen the light. And so to make sure that I didn't like accidentally tell them and I I want to say I was like eight or nine Mm -hmm. so I remember just being that being interesting like watching watching everybody else think that Santa was real and me just knowing that it wasn't real I you know who told me my grandmother's ex-girlfriend there's a lot to unpack there, but we don't have time for that. So I'm just going to... I mean, it. it was it was on Christmas Eve. We had just finished decorating the white fake tree that we kept in the attic for, you know, 300 and let's say 64 days of the year, maybe 63. Grandma didn't like that tree. Were you that, family, were you that family that decorated your tree like the night before Christmas? We were that family that decorated that tree when we forgot that we had to decorate the tree and then we realized that people were coming that night. But they had me take out the Christmas decoration for outside December 1st. So it was a toss-up. But we had just finished decorating the tree. We're all chilling. And I say, oh, let me go get I'll never forget. I said, let me go get, you know, the milk and cookies for Santa. And my grandmother's girlfriend said, why? I was like, because Santa's coming. She was like, 
you know, your grandparents are right here. I'm like, yeah, but Santa's coming. He's going to be hungry. And she was like, well, if Santa is real, and I'm like, what do you mean if? If Santa is real, he'll eat the, he'll, don't leave out milk, but he'll eat the cookies in the night. And guess what? Those two cookies were left there the next morning. And that right there fucked me up for life. She didn't even, like, break it to you. She, like, traumatized you. She traumatized me. She, yo. That's, like, that's, that's essential. That's, like, like, your best friend telling you, like, you'll know if your man's cheating on you if when you come home tomorrow, your underwear has been moved off the bed or some weird shit like that. And then you come home and it's, like, I need, I really need you to stop watching certain trash TV. I really need you to stop watching certain trash TV. I'm on, I I started season 10 of Bad Girls Club today. Oh my God. It's my June show. So I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I have been watching The Venture Brothers and um, Animal Kingdom. Because I, I was in the bar, I was not having a good time, and I saw this show with all these half-naked men, and there was a lot of drugs happening, and the next thing I know, I was like, what is this show? And it was Animal Kingdom, and I got home, and I was like, ooh, I'm gonna watch that. And then now I'm gonna Oh, Animal one. Kingdom is good. Yo! Animal Kingdom I, is so good. I'm, I'm, I'm like two, two seasons behind, maybe? I think I'm two Yo. seasons behind, but Animal Kingdom is great. Uh, it's it like is. it's like it's like power but with like trailer trash no they live in a house that you, they bought illegally you don't you don't have to live in a trailer to be trailer trash as someone who once lived in a trailer i felt i i i, I kind of take offense but i don't uh <laughs> i don't because i am i am not trash I am Trisha. No. I am Trisha. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Get add, out of here. But it's like, but no, it is. It is that, but it's also like, for me, it feels like, do you remember watching Burn Notice? And that's why I didn't watch that show. It's like, it's, it's one of those shows that follows, that falls under the great lines of like, TNT giving us the drama that we needed for Sunday. Yeah. And you know, like, half of those people are, like, from either England or Australia. They're not even American. Yeah. Which is, let's be real. Thank you, TNT, because, like, this is for the first time. I'm being real, real. This is, like, one of the first two or three years that I can remember seeing TNT shows where... They didn't use one or two actors from another TNT show that was in another TNT show. Okay. Do you remember back in the day when, like, every either Friday or Saturday night, ABC had like family movie night? It was, you mean Sunday night, Wonderful World of Disney? Yes. Okay. It was Sunday. I don't think this wasn't a Disney, this wasn't a Disney movie though. It was, but it, it was an, movie that aired on television like for television and it was under oprah okay it had the mom the mom from animal kingdom was in it and she had two daughters oh what was the name of the movie 
I can, I can, I can, I can, I can use, I can use modern technology because Google is what for the free. Um, yeah, but that's the only that's the only other show I or movie I remember seeing the mom. I forget what her name is in in anything else until I saw Animal Kingdom, and that's the reason why I watched it was for her because I just remember being a kid and watching that movie, and it was like super sad and traumatizing. Well, and anything, I'm going to be real. I love Oprah. I love Oprah dearly. But most of her movies are, are sad trying, and traumatizing. Uh, you might as well watch Joe Magnolia's uh, every yeah. night. You, but and, I just... Oh, and the woman's name is Ellen Barkin. Yes. So when I saw Animal Kingdom and I was like watching it, I was like, she'd be perfect for this role. And she kills it. Okay. So I'm looking like back in the 80s. It no, could be anything. Not, it, was in the, it was in the 90s. 90s. Yep, um, it aired on ABC. Maybe Mad Time Dog. I don't know what that movie is. No, it was like that. Where where the Bird. Or... Where the Cade Bird. I know where the Cade Bird thing. Ellen Barkin, Oprah movie. Before Women Had Wings. Before that was, okay. 1997 it had uh tina um at julia styles and um the girl from uh dynamite can we talk about can we talk about how much i love julia styles and like the early 2000s yes okay let me explain something caroline was my fucking movie that was my rom-com when i was in the house on a Saturday afternoon, going into the evening, questioning a few things about life. And I just... I don't think I've ever heard of that. She was... Um, she's the oldest sister of three. And all of her sisters have names of um, the state that they were born in. Oh. Uh, Carolina. My bad. Carolina. I, um, I, I've never heard of that movie before. Uh, okay. So it's really good. Like... It's so fun. It's, it's, uh, okay. Shirley MacLaine is in it. And, uh, hold on. I'm going to have to look it up because it probably feels like I have seen this. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's like one of her sisters named Georgia. Like it's a whole mood. Like it is. And the other sister is named, um, uh, Maine. And then, oh, I completely forgot. I completely forgot who else was in it. Jennifer Coolidge. Hmm. Jennifer Coolidge taught me to be the hembo that I am now. Now, uh, I don't know how we got to this topic. We were going all off on tangents. I was canceling my grandfather because he ain't shit. Um, That's right. He he ruined my dreams in like three seconds. It felt worse than not finding out that, like, finding out that Santa wasn't real. Worse than that. I know. Because now I'm petrified of driving anywhere along anybody's coast. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. I'm here for you. I'm here for also, you. Also, uh, we've been talking for a minute, and um, I haven't introduced you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the OG guest. You are one of my biggest fans in my mind. I am. Um, you are someone who annoys me every day. I try. 
and I terrorize you and counteract. You do. And I terrorize yeah. you in spurts. And <laughs> those, in spurts. Those, those things come together to form love. A love. And it's, that sprinkles over us. That none of the cousins, except for like a couple, can really understand what's happening there. Um, even though you've already given a monthly reminder, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you, I guess, again with another add-on to the monthly reminder. Marlena ain't shit. True. <laughs> and my birthday is uh, this week. Also, I know. I I'll know. be 33. You ready for it? Yeah. You know, I surprisingly have not been one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, I'm in my 30s. I kind of still feel like I'm 15 years old in my head. So it, yeah. it works out. I mean, I'm never growing up. But I'm so excited about turning 30. Did it hurt? It did not hurt, no. Okay, then I'm But I also also turned 30 back home on vacation, carefree. So, but turning 30, I did start experiencing health issues. Like I can't eat gluten. Oh, honey, I'm already, I'm already good for that. I'm good. I, I can roll in. I got the pre-existing conditions already. I'm just going to roll it over. And I got low potassium. Well, bitch! Isn't that vitamin K that you need for that? Yeah. Okay, see, no, or is or it's not vitamin K. Potassium, the, 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 I had the name, the periodic table. Yeah. It's K. Potassium is K. I remember that. Whatever. Don't ask You're me what right. number it is. Don't ask me what number it is, though. Nobody's listening to this shit for a science lesson. It's okay. <laughs> you didn't come here for science. I, I didn't. <laughs> if you did, you must have the wrong podcast. <laughs> you were really hoping to fail that bio 212. Like, when are we going to talk about page 342? I don't understand. Um, I can tell you about B613. Same. Oh, yo, low-key, if you're looking for an agent, I'm not the guy for you guys, but I know a few people, you can call it a finder's fee. I'm just saying. Get paid from a secret government organization, that's the light. But uh, welcome welcome back, Marlena. Thank you. And, it's good to be back. And I really wanted to the main reason I brought you back because you know I'm like low-key doing pride month right now even though last week was more about me and my mental health which I felt like was needed we might go back to the couch again one day I'm I'm making no promises but I wanted to like kind of wrap up pride with you because since we met you have been one of the coolest people when it comes to being a cishet woman you know what i'm saying who's like done the work at showing that like you're a badass ally like we were just talking we were just talking about like allyship and i wanted to because like let's be real number one one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on is because as a black woman um black women and their queer friends or cousins or brothers or sisters or siblings or whoever always have a really weird relationship because a lot of times we see black women who say they they're allies and they have homophobic partners 
and it makes mm-hmm. a very hard relationship for us to have. And I think like one of the things I wanted with you was like to, I mean, you don't have a partner now, although me and your mother both probably wish you would. Um, we, but I wanted to discuss like how, like how you are with doing the work that like that you're doing to try to be a better ally. Well, <clears throat> For me, it's actually really complicated, and I don't know if complicated is the right word, but it's, I mean, that's the word that I can think of to associate it right now, so I'm going to use it. So it's really complicated because for many reasons. One, like many of us, I grew up in a church, so I grew up that homosexuality is wrong, uh, transgender is wrong, um, you know, sucking dick is wrong. Um, like no matter what who you are, second big is wrong. <laughs> um yeah, well, sex was against the law in a lot of states for a lot of years. Yeah. So I grew up in the church and always had, you know, that mentality and because that's what I thought was right. Then probably in the last five to seven years, have I actually really worked on like deconditioning myself of that because I realized that it was wrong to think that way. As I'm sure a lot of people who are listening who've probably been down the same road, when you've spent more than half your life having it pretty much beat into your head, these certain beliefs, breaking that down is really hard because you get to a place where you realize that this belief that you thought you had isn't actually what you believe, it's just what you've been taught. And now what you've been taught and what you believe are two separate things. You get to a place where your immediate reaction and your, okay, I've processed reaction are always two different things because your immediate reaction is relying on what you've always known to be true. But your I've processed reaction is, okay, I've actually processed through how I feel, what I think, what I know, what I, what I have chosen to believe it's true and this is how I feel about it and that's one of the things that's like I'm, I'm kind of all over the place but I'll get circle back no but um, I get where you at I get where you're coming from but, I'm, I'm following you I'm with you I'm on that yeah line. because one of the things that I that I struggle with with other people sometimes is like sometimes things are said and I immediately want to be like ew or no or no we don't do that and then I have to, but I've learned to stop myself from actually verbalizing my thought until I've taken the time to like, okay, Marlena, let's think about what just happened. Do we actually believe that? Right. No. Why do we feel that way? Because it's just like the natural reaction. Cause that's how I felt for most of my life. Cause that's what I thought I was supposed to feel. Um, so like, I think that's one of the, that's one of the hardest things is getting to a place where you know that you feel differently about something than what you were taught and knowing that it's okay if sometimes your initial reaction relies on what you've been taught because now you know better, you can take the time before you react to actually process through those emotions and process through those feelings and think about another person before you think about yourself and realize that like, no, I, I actually don't feel that way about some that bad. That's just a deep conditioning. And that actually can kind of transfer over to like white privilege and white supremacy. It's ingrained in us, a lot of us, a lot of those things. 
And so if you stop for a second and really think about what you're doing or what you're about to say or how you're feeling, you can then really process through and understand how you feel about it, not necessarily how you you were taught to feel about it. Because like, so let's been- be real, homophobia and white and white supremacy go hand in hand. It stems right. from white supremacy. It literally right. stems the other, out of it. The other day I, I was talking to someone and I had a thought and I, I thought I was coming from a really good place and they told me I was transphobic and I got really offended and really upset. So almost started to cry and then stopped for a minute. And I forget what, I forget exactly how they worded it, but they were like, you can be working towards being an ally and still be transphobic. And I was like, no, you can't. And then I realized, well, yeah, you can't. Just, be, just because you think something or you do something, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I, I don't always get it right. And so I know what's right, but sometimes I think a certain thing a certain way and someone has to call me out on it because I don't even realize that that actually isn't okay. And so being called, someone calling me transphobic in that moment, I got upset because I was like, I'm trying to do all this work to not be a, you know, homophobic or transphobic, to be an ally, to, to speak up for people to like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's not working. And it's like, I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to get it a hundred percent right because I'm human, but I'm always like working towards it. Yeah, and no, now that I, I now that someone's called me out about that specific thing, now I can work on that specific thing, and I can work on erasing my conditioning on that, and so on and so forth. Another thing to add to that is like sometimes we get really upset when people call us homophobic or transphobic or say you're saying something that's homophobic you're saying something that's transphobic and we get so stuck on not wanting to be called a name that we forget that like, just because you're doing the work or just because you think that you've been delivered from something or you've gone through therapy, so you shouldn't be traumatized on that or whatever, those things can still happen. You're constantly still learning. So like, I think for me, my biggest thing, and I don't think I'm articulating very well what I'm trying to say at all. It, it's on a really good No, episode. I get what you're at. This happened because... to me last time. Is it so? I have a question, and this might throw us all for a loop. The question I'm that's in my head, but like, does would you equate maybe not equate, but would you correlate that to a calling a white woman racist and them getting offended? Yes, I do. Okay, because I'm of the mindset that like. I'm, I'm not I'm not a person that always wants to rush and say, oh, you're homophobic. Oh, you're transphobic. Oh, you're racist. Oh, you're this. Um, because I don't always know people's heart. Like I know in my heart of hearts, if someone calls me homophobic, that breaks my heart because like I, I truly am trying not to be. And there's also a part of this that I'll get to in a second that will also be very confusing for people. Um, it's confusing for me. Um, so I think there's a different, I think there can be a difference in someone being homophobic versus someone saying something homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think that sometimes it's possible that someone is saying something. Well, when it comes to racism, I don't know. I think I mean, it's possible look, someone say something racist, but not real. be racist. But at the same time, I don't know that I agree with that, actually. Because, like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. And <clears throat> Black folk, I'm going to be real. I don't care how y'all feel right now. Um, I would rather deal with homophobia than racism. I would rather deal with homophobia than racism. Because guess what? If you a nigga, you still a fucking nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is, uh, and, and that's one of those things that like, we in the queer community, we deal with racism so much. We deal with colorism so much that people don't even know that they subconsciously or unconsciously or whatever you want to call it, do it. It's so prevalent within the community and their fetishization about it mm -hmm. that it's exhausting. It is so exhausting. Right. And it's and it's one of those things, I think that's one of the, the issues that like we look at, we're like, okay, we deal with these issues in the queer community within our own community of like, you know, the marginalized people already. And then we also have to deal with once we step out of that our own friends and family who are straight, how are they feeling about, you know what I mean? Like our, our queerness. Yeah, it's a lot. And like, we've talked about this a little bit, but like, I, I am sexually attracted to women. Like I would classify myself as bisexual. However, I have never been, I never had sex with a woman. You're on the spectrum then. You're just on the spectrum. So... I, I mean, I've, I've, I've had experiences with women. I've never had sex with women. So I know that I know for a fact that like, I'm sexually attracted to women. However, this might be something very weird. Okay. So if you're listening, just be kind. All right. I, I feel very awkward and I don't feel like I'm deserving to say that I'm bisexual. And I'll tell you why. I felt that I felt this way since like middle school. Okay. However, because I have operated as a straight woman woman for most of my life, like all of it, I feel like I would be fraudulent to like come out now and say, and to like wave a flag and be like, I'm bisexual. Now, like, I've talked to my friends, I've talked to my mom, I've talked to my dad, I don't think my dad would care. I've talked to my Your dad. dad's in town, to my... your dad's in town, talk... hey dad, you know, let's have, well, have a like, sit down like, moment. Like, last year I had the conversation with my sisters, and I had the conversation with my friends, and I had the conversation with my mom, and I was like, listen, if I pop up with a woman, and I start dating a woman, like, I don't want y'all to be, like, freaking out, because I like girls, and I like boys, and... So it might happen one day, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So like, it might not happen one day, but it could happen. But I then like, after I had those conversations, I kind of like retreated a little bit because I started to feel like a fraud because I've operated as a straight woman for most of my life. And I haven't been, I feel like I've not, I've not put in the work. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't sacrificed and I haven't done and gone through the things that other people 
and the LGBTQ community have gone through. And I feel like it would be fragile for me to all of a sudden come around and be like, what do you mean by Hey guys, because like, it's not easy. Like, I I, like, I I didn't have to go through like the ridicule. I don't have to go, I have to go through like my parents disowning me. I'm not saying that like, I I mean, uh, I'm not not saying that struggling is, is like a part of the like process. Like it's a requirement. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, I feel like, so many people have had to, to do so much and give up so much and like and and do all of this like work and trauma and like all of this stuff that like I just don't feel like I I have the right to like come in and be like yeah I'm I'm one of you you know what I mean but I get that I, I, mean, I'm I definitely... say, like, you can edit this out <laughs> I feel like I've like completely lost mind and like Did... derailed the whole podcast right now I didn't mean to it just like came out <laughs> do you do you want me to edit that out? I don't want you to do anything that you don't want to do. It's your podcast. I'm just saying that. So like, if I, I release that with it in it, you cool with that? It's your podcast. Okay. I just want to make sure. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything that like like if this got released and all of a sudden for some reason went viral, I wouldn't be upset if people were like, "Oh, Marlena said she's bisexual." But I also, but I want to be very, here's the thing. I want to be very respectful to people because I don't think, I don't want it to come across like I'm making a joke or anything like that. No, no, no. Here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. I remember in middle school, best way to describe it. There was this girl in middle school who in both sixth and seventh grade, twice she came out at bi. and, And then like she would retract it. And then she came out again. And then she would retract it. And we started realizing she wanted attention. Right? Mm-hmm. And that was my first that was my first encounter with what we used to call barsexual, which was girls who would go into bars and mm, make out with a girl or be like, oh my God, I'm totally into women just for attention. Especially hoping that they would get attention from guys, right? And that's not what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? No. And so it's there is a difference, and it's also the thing of one of the main issues, and it's it's a thing that I always remind people of that there is within the bi community is that <laughs> there are a lot of bi people who are in relationships or have been in relationships that appear on the surface to look heteronormative. You know what I mean? But it could be a hetero partner and a bisexual partner. It could be a gay partner with a bisexual partner. It could be whatever, somebody anywhere, anywhere on the spectrum, right? And we're not even getting into genders because Mm -hmm. it's a whole spectrum, right? The real issue isn't that. The real issue, because I'm not getting into lesbian side of it. I've heard a lot of arguments from the lesbian side of it of why they don't date by women. I get it. But I also don't because a nigga gonna nig. You know what I mean? But um, is that a lot of people who, a lot of bi people who do fall into heteronormative relationships or heteronormative appearing relationships they forget the community once they've been married 
once they've had the kids, and then when they're in their 50s or 60s and get their voice, then they expect the community to take them back and act like we never needed them to rally with us and that we weren't supporting them as well along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. if that is within the queer community, there's a lot of, we have a lot of issues, okay, girl? God damn, we got issues over here. Just like we do, just like black folk do with the hotel. We got so yeah, many I feel issues. Like no, no matter where you go, there's issues. There's issues. But you did this, you did go through something that we all go through. You came out to your family. You didn't, you didn't realize that, did you? I mean, yeah, but like, I guess for me, it was more like, I just was like, oh, hey, guys, FYI. I, I literally told most of you by text message. <laughs> I mean, that's better than a four-page letter with a lot of curse well, words in it. <laughs> I told, it was funny because when I talked to my mom about it, I had taken her out for her birthday dinner. And I told her while she was eating dessert. And her response was like, that doesn't really surprise me. Your mother knows you. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't? She was like, no. I was like, oh, okay. So you're cool? She's like, I'm fine. Okay. Like, that's dope. And you know what's really crazy is that, like, maybe one of the reasons that you act, you operated like a cishet woman for so long is that you hadn't come out to your family yet. And a lot of people don't act upon things because of certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, like, when you grow up in a heavy church environment like everything I did was church I went to youth group I went to church all my friends were from church there's no space for there to be a conversation because I'm sure you you know this and other people know it as well you tell one person and the next thing you know the whole youth group knows and then you're getting pulled in by the youth pastor I watched it happen to other people where they were doing something that that is a sin, not necessarily anything to do with sexuality, but they were doing something that was a sin and they told their best friends who goes to the same church and then you would see it spread throughout like wildfire and then they would, you know, get in trouble. There was never, there's nothing ever a secret, but there's always secrets. Like, no, there's- Oh, we know there's secrets. We know there's a secret. But you know what, I'm gonna tell you this. Cause you know I went to Christian school. I got you know I went to Christian school. Got kicked out the whole yeah, thing. So you you know. Um, I remember I because like and this was like in grade six. So thinking I'm like ten, maybe eleven, right? And I I made up a lie that um that one of my brothers was gay because I knew I was queer. But I didn't know what would happen within the church. You know what I mean? Like, I knew I was queer, but I didn't know what the school would do, what they would say, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I see the puppy. I see you, boo-boo. I see you, my little niecey poo. My little niecey poo. She's so cute. She's so cute. But, and I made up a lie that one of my brothers was gay. No big deal, right? No big deal. I'm 10. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) I'm over here making up mastermind lies. And next thing I know, I told 
two people at lunch. Next thing I know, by the end of the day, sixth or seventh period, I think it was sixth, with, with PE, and we were in the locker room. And one of the, by the time that, mind you, the whole grade all was in one class, right? So there was only like 20, 30 of us, maybe. So everyone in the grade knew and everyone in the grade above us knew about this gay brother that I had. That Christian school, I got detention for this lie. <laughs> they gave me detention. So oh I know there'd be lies within the church. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's also one of the things is like, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in the church, really. Like, I went to Christian school because my grandparents wanted me to go to a better school. I didn't go to Christian yeah. school because we were involved with the church like that. My grandfather was a relaxed Catholic. And I do mean relaxed. We went to, I can count on one hand, the amount of Christmas mass we went to. All right. And my grandmother said she was Lutheran, but I don't know. I never saw her walk into nobody's church. The funny thing, though, is, like, my mom is not, like, a heavy, like, she's very much into prayer. That's, like, her thing. She's, like, if you need prayer, she's, like, the one you go to. But aside from that, as far as, like, religious structure, that is not her. However, growing up as a kid, it was very hard for me to make friends. And so by being immersed in church and going to youth group and stuff, even though I still didn't really have any friends, I still had a sense of community Uh by going there. So I ended up getting fucked up from it, even though from my mom's perspective, like if I had told her, like, I don't want to go to church anymore, we wouldn't have had to go. Okay. Like she wasn't like, you know, she wasn't super... But to, to get back to, like, where we originally were. Well, we were originally about. at allyship, and then you came up in here. about that. Then you came up in here with a squally scoop. And I didn't it, mean to. You, I love a good squally scoop. Was it a good one? Yes. <laughs> this, is what, this, is, this is part of the definition. Okay, I... The, I, you know what? I had not heard that word ever before until this week, and I just realized the four times I've heard it has been from you. So, for anyone watching or listening, my bad. The very first time I ever heard Squally Scoop, I, you know, I'm obsessed with true crime, and I my favorite thing is true crime comedy, so I was watching BuzzFeed Unsolved True Crime with Ryan Bugar and Shane Bredge. And like, you know, I'm in love with it. I binge, I binge, like, I don't even watch it weekly. I wait for the whole season to drop and then I binge watch it, okay? But Mm -hmm. they did another show that had one season, one season only. And it was called Ruining History. And it would be, they would have like different guests every week and they would discuss um, historical events or historical people. And they were doing the Pirate Queen. And they had these two girls on there. And they were discussing the Pirate Queen. And 
when what happened was they were get they got to the part where they were talking about her getting down to Jamaica and how she got a new man. And one of the guests had one of those fake pirate hooks, like one of those like Dollar Tree fake pirate hooks, and tapped it on the table and said, Squally Scoop, bitch, got a new man. <laughs> and I was like, that's the one. That is my fetch. That is my fetch. I love it. And then they also made a, they also quoted the Pirate Queen and she had a really good line. She said, had you have fought like a man, you wouldn't be hanged like a dog. And I felt that. I was like, damn, women out here being powerful and shit. She was another iconic bisexual woman. Yes, right. I mean, I'd be standing, I'd be standing icons. I'd be standing the lady. But yeah. Yes, yeah. that's where I got Squally Scoop from. That's how that happened. But you Squally Scooped. Let me say it one more time for enunciation and function in the dancery. That's not what that's not what Mary J said, but I'm saying that now. You squally scooped and turned it from allyship to you 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 fam. I still think it's allyship though, because I, I'm not, I'm, I am not non-binary. I am, you know what I mean? Like I am not transgender. So even though I identify as bisexual, that doesn't mean that I'm still not in the ally category because I'll never know what it feels like to be non-binary. I'll never know what it feels like to be transgender. And those people still need to be protected and they still need support, even if it's from someone that falls in the alphabet. Right. I mean, not for nothing. It it sucks to say, but I'll put it like this. When I was in high school, my, my psychology teacher said in order for them to pass legalization of marijuana, you have to have someone who is not a pothead at the at the forefront. And it started making me dig deeper and realizing like it is it sucks to say this, but like you don't get paid attention to until someone who is not like you does the rallying, does the crying. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that we have to even get that because like, bitch, you know how long it took us to get you to wake up to that? And not just you personally, you know, reaching that in your 20s, but like generationally. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't help but talk about homophobia without or transphobia without discussing racism because it's hand in hand yep. and and people don't realize that i mean like let's look at the hotel let's look at the hotel whose ally are they whose ally are they with that third eye because it ain't the black man with that it ain't the black man so who whose ally is that Same. but it is true like we it's, it's everyone, no matter what, especially within the queer community, yeah, like we sh we should be each other's first ally, not just because you're not just because getting laws passed for you will in turn benefit me, but also because like you are a person, you deserve love, you deserve care, you deserve attention, you deserve support. Mm -hmm. 
like yeah. if we, what are you um we're gonna transition this real fast. What are what are you blanking on? Like what you just told me earlier about you waking up at two a.m. Um, my biggest thing that I am doing at two a.m. is I hear my niece. I hear my niece. Yeah, is I am. I feel like it's constantly, and that might just be in my own head. Um, definitely constantly fuck up pronouns, and it like creeps into my brain at two a.m. And then the last time that happened to me, I literally scrolled through the messages with the person that I that I thought I I fucked up with, and like found every single one and like reread it to myself I mean so I could then go back and apologize and like be able to tell them when I fucked up that way like they knew how serious I was about how like how sorry I was that I fucked up but like I knew where it was not that I was just like oh hey I think like no I know it was at this date at this time I forgot. I even wrote it in a run-on sentence. <laughs> okay, punctuation. You know me. <laughs> because, because I and like these these are the kind of things that people don't realize. Um, not and I'm not speaking about it from like a oh like oh my gosh, I have to remember to use different pronouns. I don't mean it from that perspective, but I mean it from the perspective of people that using their right pronoun pronoun is important to them. Like it. it all it takes is to call someone by the right pronoun, I think, and that just means like the world to them. And so from that perspective, like when you realize that you didn't do that with someone that you care about, like it kind of fucks with your head because it's like, I'm supposed to be a person that says I care about this person and I didn't even use their correct pronoun. And that's wrong. Like, I know shit happens, but like, I... I love this person. This like, and to me, my a way of showing showing that I love you, other than telling you, is to make sure that I use the correct pronoun when I'm addressing you. This is the kind of and now, that is if I don't I do share. that, then I if I don't do that, then I I don't I think you I but I think you will respect this out of me. But I have no problem telling people when I fuck up. Right. Like, I, and, no, I, like, and, and that that right there, no, not for nothing, not for nothing. That is allyship, like dead ass. Because I fuck up pronouns. Okay? I fuck up my friend's pronouns. Bitch, sometimes I fuck up my own pronouns. That's why I only call myself bitch for most of the time. Be like, what did what did you today? Is you a he, a they, a she, a bitch? How you doing, bitch? Looking in the <laughs> mirror. <laughs> When I had on the rain pants, that uh, that picture that I sent you earlier of me and wearing my rain pants that I got from grandpa, I said, bitch, bitch, because that is not a gender in the rain pants. That is nobody gender. Okay? Like, <laughs> but, but I'm going to make it work. I'm going to turn into paddocks and bear bullshit. Anyway, no, it is hard doing, being an ally and being a better person. My favorite quote is I'm, I'm getting better at being better. Mm-hmm. because I want to be a good person. I aspire to be a good person. Now, are there moments when I'm tired, when I have the zoomies at 2 a.m., like I'm somebody's fucking cat? 
<laughs> bitch, you should see me. You should have seen me in my early 20s, drunk as fuck, in the middle of somebody's street. <laughs> but I fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm human. I know I fuck up. And because of that, it's like, yeah, it takes time and it takes work. But doing the work and not just performatively doing it, because there is a difference, right? It's just like when you see people post BLM on their Twitter or their Facebook or their IG. But, like, you ain't got no nigga friends. I really get that. Because like um, my my best friend is white, and um, there's like we have a friend group, and there's four of us, and I'm the only black person. Um, but out of the other three, uh, Rachel is like my absolute like best friend. She's the one like you know. She's the one who come to your house and clean it for you, even though you told her not to. Yeah, in December when I was like having my like mental breakdown, she was here at midnight driving cleaning your house, and I stand. And yeah, so like for me, when I look at my friend group, I feel like I honestly she's the only one that I would consider to be an ally in terms of like um, Black Lives Matter and you know all that stuff because she shows up for me. Um, we've had, we, in the last year, we've had instances where the other two people in my friend group don't quite get it. Mm. Um, and she has stood in the gap for me where she's like taken on the brunt of that, where she's, you know, gone to them and met with them and, and, and talked to them and told them like, Marlena's not gonna do this for you like that's not okay so like that's what I'm here for like you don't need to she is very much so about making sure that I am not doing emotional labor for white people okay so in our friend in our friend group when someone is bordering that that line of getting ready to like say something offensive or um you know asking you for emotional labor she's very quick to step in and be like, I can help you with that. Or she'll, she'll, she'll stir the conversation towards her so that she can answer the questions. She always, you know, when stuff like that comes up, she makes sure that she kind of, I can always tell that she's like doing like a gut check with me when we're together. Like, are you okay? Because she just is very in tune with like how I feel, how I operate. And she's done a lot of work with herself to like become more educated we had started like probably like three years ago, we were going to start like a book club. And the very first book we read by was, um, no, it's Austin, somebody, Austin Channing, Austin, this, this black lady wrote this book and we read it. And when we got done reading it, we met to like discuss it. And that book changed her life. Like Rachel's always been a very amazing person. Like she's just an amazing person. But that book changed her life when it comes to looking, when it came to how she viewed me as a person and how she viewed me as her friend who is also Black. And like, I know she'd take a bullet for me. You know what I mean? And 
she's always just always like checking in and making sure things are okay and just always like standing there and you know if she feels like she got something wrong she'll come to me and she'll say hey um I did this blah 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 the other day and I really been feeling convicted like that was not okay to do and I just want to check in and make sure like how you feel about that and if I say like oh I wasn't really interested I really didn't like it she's not gonna like sit there and harp on it and make me like explain to her why because she already knows because she's asked me you know and like so and that, for me no, I, that is allyship to me that really is no because not for nothing when I say you do that shit like you be in the group chat or slide into the DM and be like, hey, how do I say this? Or, hey, what does this word mean? And, hey, is this word offensive? Or is this phrase offensive? And I'm, like, looking at you, like, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation here with you. Because, like, very few people do that with me, right? And then when I call them out on being homophobic, transphobic, racist, they're like, no, I'm not. But I'm like but you just said this, this, and this, and all of that could have been avoided had you asked me in a different, had you asked me, number one, what was wrong with what you said, right? Instead of getting instantly offensive. And number two, had you actually tried? Just try. Because I've lost friends due to racism, due to transphobia, due to homophobia. Well, I mean, like, not for nothing. It's funny. Most of the people that I don't have in my life now because of homophobia were people that were in my life when I was a child, right? So, obviously, you know, once I came out, I wasn't dealing, I was taking no prisons on that note. Mm -hmm. The friends that I lost because of transphobia, when I I came out as non-binary, my, like, they were like, nope, Nope, nope. And I was like, well, bye. I don't I don't want to hear your no. I just want you to exit. Stage left. Do not return. There might be a hook waiting to pull you off the stage. When when did you come out with that? I was it for it me was, before I met you or it was right around the time that we met. Okay. I don't remember. It was around the time that we met. But I wasn't the only one you were stalking then, so you might have been preoccupied. <laughs> I don't think that it ever really came up in conversation. I don't, the thing with you is that you, and I think that's one of the reasons why when I do fuck up your, your pronoun, that it, it hurts more, is because um, you are not uh, someone that like, you fucked up my pronoun. Like, you don't, like, get in people's faces and, like, yell at them. Well, you, or... know what, you know what <clears throat> I did, right? Because, and I was but, kind but of low-key. But, but because, you're, because, you're, because you don't do that, it hurts, it hurts me more when I realize that I have used the wrong pronoun. You know what it is? Because is I, don't, I don't enforce it the way I did when I first came out, okay? Um, when I first came out, I was like, yo, bitches, they, them, what's good, right? But I think I the like, reason- I feel like that's literally how you did it. I was like, what's good? I'm gonna fuck it up. 
give it about six months, right? And then I stopped fucking it up. Like, I stopped, like, you know, being as in people's faces as I once was. Because what I was realizing was more trans women kept dying. And while my pronouns are valid, while my pronouns are valid, I would rather focus on the death of my people. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, no, like there are certain people who I'm going to enforce it with. Now, dead ass, there are certain people who I'm going to enforce it with, right? And, and I've already told everyone to not call me bro. So if you're calling me bro, you're getting hurt. Because I already told you not to. Like, I act politely. I said it sternly. Three times, you're out. You know what I mean? And it was like, I stopped enforcing it as much because I'm just so tired of people dying. Every time I get um, exhausted by something, that, w- that might be my only focus, right? Like, mm-hmm. when I was dead ass, there was a whole time where I thought I was a hotel. <laughs> I feel like we've all been hotel at one point in our life. I don't I feel like you can like... truly be delivered unless you have gone through a hotel phase. You, for real though, for real. And my hotel phase was not during my dashiki phase, which fucked me up already. Like it had to be, it, I didn't do it as a double. Like it was just like one or the other. You know what I mean? You get the bow tie or the dashiki. Never, never the bow tie under the dashiki. But <laughs> if you don't know what this means, you lucky. <laughs> but the, but like the thing was, one day, I after being so tired of dealing with people who said they were my friends that were being racist, and I kept seeing black people die, and like the people who were once my friends kept saying that they're like they're my friends and that they love me, and I'm blah blah blah. But like you seeing black people dying, y'all denying that it got tired. Mm-hmm. of me only focusing on that right it got tired like i was like i'm tired of yelling at you and yelling at the public and having to work a full-time job and go to school and be somebody's child and be somebody's godchild and grandchild and and mm-hmm. you know and uncle you know what i mean yeah it just it, it gets exhausting so, I understand that. It's like, I don't, so then I don't prioritize it. And then, like, I don't feel like I'm betraying myself because the, at the core of me is knowing that I'm queer and I'm Black. So at the core of me, I'm more concerned about the community that I'm in and how they're dying. And not just them, because... I just had to check somebody the other day to explain the amount of racism that is in Canada. It is everywhere. There is not a place in this world that is not racist. If you tell me that that place exists, it is 99.95% white. When I was 14, I got chicken pox for the first time. <laughs> As you know, the older you get, the worse yeah. chicken pox are. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> This is a very ass-backwards analogy for racism. 
so I'm 14. I get my chicken pox from a three-year-old. And I also, in that same instance, same week, got my period. That now, wasn't your first. People, that wasn't your first, now, right? No, it was not, was not my first okay, period. Okay, okay. But for those of you that have periods and have had chicken pox, and then as you are, the older you are, the worse the chicken pox are. I had chicken pox in places I didn't know existed. So having them in places I didn't know existed, as well as having my period, I'm just going to let y'all run with that, okay? That is how racism is everywhere. It is in places that you didn't even think it could be in. This is how Marlena's stories go. (laughs) This is not, this is not like, like an obtuse rubber goose, you know, like, I did no guava shake, all right? Like, this is straight up Marlena. Keep going. Yeah, so I had, I literally had chicken pox on my vagina, on the bottom of my feet, in my butt crack, around my walk. butthole. You couldn't walk, I right? mean, like, I'm talking like I had, I had but, those, like, on your feet, buckers. could you walk? I did, no, I wasn't walking because... I was didn't feel good. I was itching everywhere, and I had my fucking period. And then when I was fourteen, and my periods were like ridiculously painful. So the point I'm trying to make is, I realized that I had parts of my body that I didn't know existed. So when people talk about things like there's no racism in Canada, if I can get chicken pox in my vagina. There can be racism in Canada. You know what? That is the best analogy. <laughs> in all my years of studying african-american <laughs> history ever like i've never heard racism explained in such a way that that a that a Rhodes scholar can understand or good old joe schmo who dropped out and like you know, grade eight. Like, we can all understand this. And you reach not only from your American perspective to go internationally to the north of the continent, north of America to Canada. <laughs> you just gave us everything. You is, you right there. You right there. You, you going places, sis. You going places. Okay. <clears throat> You can have chicken pox in your vagina. Racism can exist everywhere. Right? I mean, you know what's funny is I, again, like, I try to be a great ally, right? And part of me being an ally is me wanting other people to understand that allyship is important. And Mm -hmm. you can't demand rights for yourself if you're not demanding rights for others. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's a certain group within the queer community that says, well, I'm illegal in 72 countries. Yeah, but I'm still a nigga, bro. Also, it's not a competition. It's not! It's very odd to me sometimes when people, like, try to make it into a competition. And it's like, so what? Like, are we going to go to this country and decide, and figure out who gets shot first? Is that, like, what the purpose of this conversation you, you know is? What, you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny? Is, and it's, again, bad analogies up in this bit. 
Welcome. You know, this joke should, go, should be called Bad Analogy, The Life of Fen. Um, that'd be a great book. Anyway, mm-hmm. I remember one time, and this is why, you know how I would be like, when people, when I'd be talking about my daddy, I'd be like, that nigga did. So, one of my friends, <laughs> you can already tell this is not going to go into good places. One of my friends was whining that her dad wouldn't buy her a new phone. Mind you, this is a grown 27, 28-year-old woman with a job. At, the, at 27, 28, I was buying my daddy new phones. Right. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. Struggle. I understand everyone has different, you know, economic, you know, structures. But, like, this woman had a 100K job. Why'd your daddy buy a new phone? 100K a year. Why your daddy buying you a new phone? I need to know. Anyway, can he buy me a phone? But, you know, just finish paying off mine at minimum. Thank you. But we, she was, like, whining about her dad. And I was like, my dad is dead. Mine is gone. I didn't even know his name until I was four because I couldn't say it before then because I didn't know the nigga. I didn't see the nigga. Do you want a dead daddy? You want, exactly. You want a dead daddy or a daddy who's trying to teach you to be an adult? I mean, I just want to know. I just, I just, I just want to know. It, where's the competition here? Because you like- a dead daddy or you could have a no debt daddy. Right, because like, let's be real. If it was a competition, I could probably make it work. I could probably, in my social circles and most of them, I could be the one who wins that competition. You don't want to win these competitions. This is life. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say it, but we're all dealt, everyone, even from the most privileged white person to the poorest, most downtrodden person of color, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone had been dealt a bad hand at some point or another. Why would you not want other people to feel good like you do? People are evil and trash. Now look, I take pride in being an evil bitch. I really do. You do. I really do. Like, I try to be a good person, but I'm an evil bitch. Okay? I am. That's why I prefer to talk to you after you've had a cup of coffee. Oh yeah, don't talk to me unless I've had coffee. And, um... Don't talk to me when I'm on the MTA. That, those are really the only two times, okay? But it's like, I take pride in even being an evil bitch, but I don't want to be evil to others like that. Like, I want to be evil when it's deserved. When it is deserved, you know? Like, if you decided that, you know queer people and black people shouldn't have rights I, you deserve someone to be evil towards you if you decided to try to revise a voting rights bill that would affect millions of America to the point where even Stacey Abrams said you know what I will meet you halfway and then you still won't even do your halfway when want to blame it on other people who ain't shit either. You deserve someone being evil towards you, Joe Manchin. You know, know, I was just thinking, science aside, what if the paler your family tree is, 
the more racist your family members were back in the day. I already know. And that. like your karma is that you're just fucking pasty. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no, because I'm about to say, I can go up. Look, you know, I've seen. Hold on, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six generations, almost seven generations of my family alive, right? So my my great great grandmother's sister, okay, my nonna's sister was racist. <laughs> there was no question about it, mind you. My grams, my my great grandmother wasn't that black. People didn't know she was black until you told until she told you. She had a tan, right, naturally, and. My Nona's sister said she was too dark. And I was like, yeah, there's more racist the further up you go and more colorist. But we didn't get pasty. We got darker. <laughs> we got darker and angrier. Karma can work in different ways. Yeah. This is not what we came here to talk about. No, we are we are we are so, so beyond far. so far where topic. We, we're supposed um, to be. Um, I'm high. Get where I'm at, not where you are. Oh, you don't smoke weed. You can't smoke weed. I can't smoke weed. Well, you know, there's alcohol. Yes. And my grandmother used to call drink getting drunk getting high. But get a little high. I do have some wine, actually. Get you, you know, Drink you some wine, okay? Drink you some oh, wine. You, least, oh, you want me to catch up? At least, it ain't, at least it ain't that damn white claw you had. I was trying Ooh. to get you an ad uh, sponsor. But <laughs> okay, first of all, why claw ain't going sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even if they tried to, I am not the bitch who's gonna be out here walking around drinking white claw. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like I'm a beer. My my one of my friends used to make fun of me for saying this quote all the time, but I'm a Heineken kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like Give me, I grew up on Heineken. I drank Heineken. Um, and good Heineken, and, Heineken and Coors. Okay, I can't do Coors. Um, uh, the, black, the, black, the black side of the family drank Heineken and the Puerto Rican side drank Coors Light. We used to have, my grandfather always had Foster's and the garage refrigerator. About the garage refrigerator. And like there were Foster's out there, but we... I, me alone, my favorite beer is Red Monk, but it's so hard to find in New York. Um, and my my other, like one of my other top ones is, you know, Brooklyn Lager. I like lager. So me and White Claw, we ain't vibing. White Claw is, is nice if you're going to be out in the heat for a long time. Like it's a nice... Like that kind of drink is nice for going out to the beach for hours because it is like keeping you hydrated while also getting you cranked. But they taste nasty. Give me, if I'm outside in the heat, give me a Corona with a dash of grenadine and we good to go. That might be a little bit too ghetto for some of y'all. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I know who I am. I know who I am. Um, but if I'm in the heat, a corona with a splash of grenadine, we're good to go. Other than that, it's gonna take me it 
because I do love going to beer tastings. I do love going to beer gardens. I go to all different kinds of beer gardens and all different kinds of breweries and try many different beers except for stout. You cannot get me to drink that heavy ass stout. I don't care if you tell me it's coffee flavored. It feels like I'm drinking straight up black coffee with alcohol. Yeah, I, I definitely am not like, like I'm not one. I, don't take me to a brewery and ask me to taste beer because I'm not going to like it. I want some cheap shit or I want liquor. Or wine. I get you. But like, I need beer that doesn't, t- I like, I prefer my beer to taste like piss versus tasting like hops. No, bro. I get that. I'm the bitch who will go, <laughs> I'm the bitch who will be like, what do you got on tap? But they're like, well, we got all of these IPAs and the two stouts and then this one tap that is just PBR. And I'm like, oh, you said PBR. Oh, you said that beer that everyone talks shit about. Oh, that? I can live on that. None of this IPA bullshit. I can't do an IPA. It's too hoppy. I can't do the hop. I just can't. I try. I try. I try. I try. And then what happens is, just give me a, give me a, a like, uh, just give me a, PBR, all right? I drank PBR at Nickel Beer Night. I used to do keg stand from PBR. I can do PBR, okay? Yes, I did keg stands. I'm a very tiny person, so it's really easy for people to hold me up. I just, I can't. One time I drank this blueberry stout, and by drink, I mean my tongue touched it. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And I was on a work trip. And the guy next to me was like, here, let me try it. Before I could be like, what the fuck are you doing? He put my beer in his mouth. Um, so then it was his beer. And it was okay because it was nasty. But he loved it. I feel like it's kind of like a white people thing. But I don't know. I- well, that, that def- you know what that definitely is, though? That's a, you stole my beer, random man from work. I don't know you like that. Your price is probably you when we had that when we had that company potluck, you're you're the one who probably bought that nasty mac and cheese that your wife made. That wasn't mac and cheese. Why'd your mac and cheese make okay? I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna play our game. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Um as a bitch who is blackity black, 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 black ass black. Okay, I am only getting blacker as I get older. No, really, like my skin is a darker shade than it used to be. Um, and I kind of like it. I love it, actually. I love it. Give me all the melanin. Um, as a bitch who is black as fuck, my mac and cheese growing up was made in only one of two ways. The first way was on the stove made with condensed milk and no water. What? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Um, that shit, the cheese was on the map. You hear me? Yeah. It, I mean, that doesn't, yeah. Like that condensed milk, and I'm a lactose intolerant bitch. I know, but like that mac and cheese fucked me up and had me great. Okay. You couldn't tell me nothing about that mac and cheese. All right. It was now, worth it. It was worth it. The only other way 
that it is to be made. And this is a holiday thing that my family turns into like a, a lot of the time thing. Like this is the only way I make mac and cheese now, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bake it. If your mac and cheese ain't baked, if you don't know how to bake mac and cheese, if you do not know how to bake mac and cheese, don't attempt it for family Thanksgiving. Attempt that on your own. Don't bring it to the cookout. <laughs> do not My mom bring makes it. a really good mac and cheese, actually. Do not bring it. Do not bring it to Big Mama's house for Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. Don't even feed it to your friends who you know ain't from a black household. Don't even feed it to them. If you're going to try it for the first time, feed it to only you and whatever little partner you got, okay? As my grandma said, you better do that with your little boyfriend because I ain't the one. She would say, I am not because she didn't say ain't because apparently in her mind, ain't ain't a word. But yeah. But don't be bringing, look, baked mac and cheese is sacred. Baked mac and cheese is the most appropriate way to to make mac and cheese, do not bring mac and cheese that was made with any form of water to my potluck, to my cookout, anywhere near me, okay? I, I am very well aware that I am the person responsible for bringing plastic wear to a cookout. Like, I'm not delusional. Like, I know the, only thing, the only thing you should be bringing, if... The only thing you should be bringing to the cookout, if you want to bring mac, if you want to do something with some with some elbow macaroni or some shells, is the macaroni salad. And even then, it needs to be vetted by at least three aunties. I am very, very, look, it is cookout season. I don't have the time to be playing these games with... Because, like, let's be real. I'm at this cookout. I already got to deal with somebody's homophobic cousin. Somebody's uncle with the sandals drinking a tall boy. The uncle at, at the grill who all he wants to know is if you're in school or if you're working. Okay? And you know what? I like him. He's a cool uncle. Then we got to deal with somebody's Nana all up in everybody's business because she's the one who's really doing like all like the, the busybodying, getting all the gossip. So that way when she returns to the kitchen to be with the auntie, she can do all the other gossiping. It's a lot happening at these cookouts. And the only thing I need to be stable is knowing that mac and cheese is made correctly. Because that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Look, the whole purpose of the cookout is to, you know, to, to, to co-mingle and talk to people and have fun and catch up with others and play some games and hear some gossip and maybe see a fight. You never know. But the food, as someone who is not Christian, it is a big deal when all the food comes out and it gets blessed by somebody's uncle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It is a big deal. And then, because, like, you know that that food took love and energy and time and money. Okay, they got to pay for the food. Okay, and they got to pay for the electricity they use to make the food. Yep. I mean, 
is those cookouts are real. And like that food is everything. Because after that food's been blessed, that and you know and you appreciate it when you taste it. You don't want to be like, who the fuck made this mac and cheese? Who made no, this? You wouldn't be, be like, you won't be like, who the fuck made this mac and cheese? And and mm. I and I'm gonna be that bitch. I'm that one bitch. I didn't even fold my plate when I threw it away. I want you to see I threw that mac and cheese away. That's how somebody nasty. at my somebody at my nephew's birthday party made the mac and cheese, and it was dry as fuck. Now I am well aware that I could not make the mac and cheese, but I think the difference between me and this me between me being judgmental and me telling the story is that because I'm aware that I could not make the mac and cheese. I am doing a, a, a service to those to not make the mac and cheese. This person made the mac and cheese and it was dry as fuck. And then we were forced to clap and celebrate the person who made the mac and cheese. Nope. Now I know everybody in this room knew this mac and cheese was dry as fuck. Why are we clapping? Because she needs to know it was dry as fuck. Look. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how how sacred mac and cheese is to me. So you know, my mom wasn't in my life most of it, right? When I was younger, and mm-hmm. so every Thanksgiving and every Christmas and every other holiday, my grandmother made the mac and cheese. She made the baked mac and cheese for every holiday, right? Mm-hmm. And then when my mom came back into my life one year at Thanksgiving, she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm make I'm I'm baking the mac and cheese." And I looked at this woman. I looked at this woman and I said, I don't know you. Who the fuck is you making mac and cheese up in my house? Okay, who who is you? And my mama said to me, and I quote, I learned to make it from your grandmother. Her mac and cheese tastes okay, just like my, my grandmother's. grandmother's. So... so, And it tastes oh. just like my grandmother's. But let's be honest. I was ready to cuss my mother out. All right, I would ready As you should. to to use it in another form. Squally scoop that ass. See, it's versatile. It's versatile. Just like me. What? Okay. So we have gone far off topic. We have gone very far off topic. I'm making gluten-free box mac and cheese right now. I mean, you said gluten-free, so I'm just gonna let you have and live your life. But I'm also glad that you're eating correctly for your body. So, yay. Oh, but it's only because that's all I had. If I had regular mac and cheese, I'd be doing that. (laughs) See, number one, go grocery shopping. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to get into this. We will have this conversation about your adult life after this podcast is over for today. Um, (laughs) So it is time to play our game. Okay. And the game that you have chosen is imaginary drum roll. 90s, nope. Today, nope. Okay, so I'm workshopping the name, but I think I wanted to call it Pop Bitch. Okay. Because. (laughs) You call it Pop Cult Bitch. Well, I'm a pop culture bitch. Like, I study it like crazy. Um, And I felt like, pop, bitch. Because, like, yeah, pop culture, bitch. But, yeah, you know, pop cult, bitch. 
I don't know how I feel about that. We'll figure out what it's workshopping. It's in the shop for work. Um, okay. this, see, I, see, that's the first time I ever broke down that word. I knew what it meant, but that's the first time I ever broke it down. This is not the game. Not looking inside my head. Y'all don't need my internal monologues. Y'all really don't. Um, so today's game, we are going to be playing a game where we discuss our favorite TV shows throwback moment for our for my teen years and you're going to describe it and I'm going to guess it and then I'm going to describe mine and you're going to guess it and it's going to be very interesting because you can't do any name um you can't can't use any words that are in the name of the show at all and you can't use any names of the character okay now, if your show has a theme song for future guests, do not. I am the. I did theme songs for karaoke. I know every theme song. Don't fuck with me. Okay, <laughs> Marlena, are you ready? I am ready. All right, I'm gonna put. How do you feel? What are we saying? 35, 45? You're gonna you're gonna get it in five seconds. So like whatever. Um, how many seconds should we do? How many seconds should we do? It's 30 for yours because I'm, you're better at this game than I am. Okay, if you're challenging yourself, I was going to say, I was going to say 60, but I'll give you 30. I'll give you a be nice, 35 seconds. Okay? Okay. And right. <clears throat> go. Close over bros. Okay, so you're talking about like, it's like not even like seven seconds it took me to get to one single. <laughs> Um, so yes, okay, and yes, and we were talking about this today, because yeah, and I'm so glad that you're one of the people in the group chat who understands how important the show is, all right? Yeah. Okay, so One Tree Hill is, first of all, anyone who under, who knows or went through their teen years watching, or even preteen, or even childhood years, watching the WB, like, Teen dramas, mm-hmm. they were everything. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite? Oh, uh, I mean, ultimately, my favorite, of course, is B. Davis. Okay, however, I will say that the show set you up not to really like her as much as the other characters, yeah. Um, and she went through a phase where I was like, good. Um, but overall, for the whole show, she has the best growth as far as character development. Yes. Um, when we talk about character development, this show is in. She's an icon from start to finish. Uh-huh. Haley became an icon. B. Davis was an icon from start to finish. And um, so, like, when the show first started, I obviously was, like, Team Lucas, like, first season. Um, and then I quickly switched to Team Nathan, um, ventured off to Team Jake, never really left Team Jake, but since Jake left, I went Jake. back to Team look, Nathan. Look, 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 Till the end of my life, I am Team Jake. Jake deserved better. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I, so, I loved I loved Peyton like probably first and second season maybe 
hate okay well Haley was always a constant Peyton was like a love and hate and and B Davis was like a, a crescendo yeah Peyton I just got so over the woe is me bullshit and then her and Lucas got in like fell in love and like did the whole woe is me bullshit together and I was so ready for them to leave the show that I was excited when they finally did leave the show and I feel like the show got better but I mean be very honest and no, I feel that. No, because like, not for nothing, I'll be real. You know how like every once in a while you're like, I want to watch TV, but I don't want to start a show. Yeah. I put on the final season of One Tree Hill. <laughs> so what's funny is, I was getting ready to say that, is for me, my favorite part of One Tree Hill is the first four seasons, because I feel like it's the messiest and the most like drama because they're not adults and they haven't gone through therapy, they handle everything horribly and it's just very entertaining and I, I love it. However, if we get post high school, I prefer to watch the seasons after Peyton and Lucas are gone because I'm just so sick of their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you last know thing, though, and of course, of course, those of you listening, if you are a One Tree Hill fan, you'll get this. If you are not a One Tree Hill fan, you may want to go watch it now. And you will get this. Fuck Dan Scott forever. 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 I don't I don't care what role Paul plays. He could play fucking Jesus. It's still fuck Jesus. Fuck Dan Scott. Look, I'll be real. You know, look, look. I so you know I used to live in North Carolina. And the one thing that the WB, because like, let's be real, teen drama is the WB, was the WB, like, one of their major, you know, attention grabbers, the way they got audiences, Mm -hmm. right, for the teen spectrum, and it was great, and, you know, sometimes you get the young adults if you watch Felicity, right, and, like, let's be real, the WB really helped set the tone of like how to draw out drama in a teen show right mm-hmm. which is why I hated Peyton at some point in my life so I related to her during my what with me phase but like bitch my what with me phase cannot last for decades decades right and like and I mean don't get don't get me wrong Peyton went through a lot of traumatic bullshit right but like she liked to sit in it she loved to sit in her bullshit I wonder if she was a cancer and then, and then you got to remember, she wouldn't come out of it until somebody would finally like shake her and be like, bitch, wake the fuck up. She wouldn't come out of it until she stole someone's boyfriend. I mean, I mean, some people can't personally pass the best bill test, you know, you know, um, but if you don't know what the best bill test is, you are, you, you need to, you need to Google this phrase. Um, but it's funny because, like, it's not only was that show just so good, it, it was filmed in North Carolina. It was set in North Carolina, right? And, like, they were filmed, like, you know, the WB film Dawson's Creek and um, One Tree Hill in Wilmington. So, like, driving out to Wilmington, I would feel two feelings out there. Number one, I would be so ecstatic just to like be able to be in the town where one of my favorite shows is filmed you know 
Mm-hmm. And I got to go to the river court. And I got to drive past where, you know, the cafe used to be. And, you know, stuff like that. But then my other thing is, there are, to quote a very great show, there are more used car dealerships in North Carolina than there are people. Okay? There is... There are used car dealerships everywhere. And if it's not a used car dealership, it's a used car being sold off of the end of somebody's driveway. Okay? And, or in somebody's parking lot. Oh, goodness. You go to the local stab and grab. There were cars for sale there. Um, but the other thing I would feel because of used cars and the dealership would be Dan fucking Scott. And I could not go anywhere in Wilmington driving past a fucking car dealership without being angry, you know? Fuck Dan Scott. Fuck like, you, little fucker, motherfucker. Fuck you, fuck, fuck, fuck Dan. Fuck you, Scott. But, like, that shows that he's a good actor. Yeah, I recently watched John Q. And he's in that movie. He plays a reporter. And he's an asshole in that movie too. I mean, he's just, it he's just, he's just too good. It happens. I feel like if I got portrayed, if I was to be cast in a movie, I'd be the vengeful bitch in every movie. How is that gluten free mac and cheese? Horrible. Okay, I'm glad you know. Put some basil in it. I ain't got no fucking basil. Ooh, I'm I gotta so- put some smoked paprika on it. You don't have basil? No. What are you putting in your spaghetti? I don't put anything in my spaghetti. Okay, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. My spaghetti comes seasoned. Why would I put more in there? Oh my. Don't forget I'm half white. Did you have spaghetti out of the can? Yeah, the I actually I actually started, tried a new one this time. It's RAO Rouse. That's all right. <clears throat> I prefer mids. I there's very there's very very few um very few like already made like you know pasta sauces that I'll buy um but they gotta be like authentically Italian I gotta go to that like I gotta know that that shop is like owned and operated by like somebody within the first three generations and that they this has been a recipe that they've been perfecting for the last 20 centuries in their families. I'm super picky because I don't want um, dairy in mine and I don't want any added sugar in mine. So that's very hard to find. And mm. it tastes good. Mm-hmm. So I, found, I found two that meet that criteria except one uses like sheep's milk. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, most of them, and I also, I like my spaghetti to be um, on the bitter side, and a lot of times it's just too sweet. I be look, when I'm really in the mood, I make my sauce. Mm. When I'm, like, really, but my grandmother made the sauce, you know, so, like, I would, I learned from her. It's not hard. It was, it's only, like, a, it's only about, like, a 30-minute process, 30 minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe 40 so, and you know, the spaghetti, like the, the actual, like the actual pasta, that cooked real fast. So like, once you like, you know, the sauce is really where you want to start at and end at. And, but you want your pasta to still be hot when you, after you, you know, put the oil in the pasta and then, you know, done the whole thing. 
Anyway. Yeah. Again, not what we came here to talk about. Right. So, so one of the reasons why my love for One Tree Hill has been reignited is because Sophia, Joy, and Hillary, <clears throat> that is B. Davis, Haley, and Peyton, have decided that they are going to do a re a, 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 they're going to watch the show, all 180 plus episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're going to do a podcast. And based on the podcast I listened to today, it sounds like they're doing a podcast for every episode. If they are, look, I already set myself up. So I'm going back to my teen years. Okay. I'm going back to my teen years. And I have decided that Thursday nights are drama night. I remember back, you remember back when you were a kid, like every, like, like you had two nights a week where you watched like your shows and they were your teen dramas. And then like you had another night where you watched comedy or whatever. And then like another night you'd be doing an activity and then so you didn't have time to really watch TV and it's a whole thing. And then of course, Friday night, you're going from TGIF over to Nickelodeon, over to Disney, back to Di Nickelodeon. It's a whole thing. So... I'm doing Thursday night. This Thursday, I am watching One Tree Hill, the pilot episode, the yep, pilot episode of, of Gossip Girl, because you know they're rebooting it. Um, mm -hmm. they, they're doing the reboot next month. So I'm. Is it a reboot or is it a continuation? It's a reboot. Oh, okay. So it's a reboot slash continuation, meaning that it exists in the same world that Gossip Girl exists in the future. However. The original character, the current, the original characters and the current characters supposedly have no ties. They're probably like siblings or distant cousins because the Upper East Side is a very small world. Um, and they probably know each other through some way. I mean, I'm, let's be real. Chuck Bass probably got, probably fucked somebody's sister before he married. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Or, you know, or, there's probably a chance that, you know, I would that was actually my 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 show for the game. Mm -hmm. Um so my show, I guess I have to say what it is. I have to do it, get a little guess. Here's a little guess. I'll give you a few seconds. This is cute for the upper west side. Really? Gossip Girl, and I told you I just said it. I did Wait, I'm sorry. You weren't. You don't remember I when? Thought, oh, because I was God. like, why would he spend all this time talking about Gossip Girl and then give me a show that's not Gossip Girl? <laughs> I like how you. That's where your brain went. <laughs> I like how that's where your brain went, and I thank you for that for making it challenging for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, is, this, is what, this is what I need. I watched Gossip Girl when it first came out, but then I stopped watching it because I was like, I, I, I love the WB and the CW, but some of their shows, I just need to be able to like binge watch them when the season's over. So I watched, once the series ended, I went back and I watched it from the beginning all the way through. So I'm excited to like 
have the new one, especially now that it's on HBO Max, because like we don't have to. We can be more risque. Yeah, you can actually. Can, say you, imagine, can you imagine if the OG one was on HBO Max? Okay, listen. <laughs> For anyone who has ever done this, and who, and if you've watched Gossip Girl, you can, can totally relate to this. We have all had a Serena Vanderwoodson moment of getting on the Metro Noise and just going and then doing whatever in Connecticut. <laughs> we have all had that moment, okay? And if you do not understand what that means, it means we have all gotten out of our hometown, our home city, and just acted buck wild in another city, another state, some maybe even another country for some of you, and just like done some buck wild shit. And if they had shown Serena Vanderwoodson doing that, can you imagine the the first Thanksgiving episode had it been on HBO Max? The Thanksgiving episode of just of just Serena being high as fuck. I like the what they showed on. Or the, or the episode of the hotel room of, like, what really happened. Like, if they had showed any of that on HBO, yo. I'm trying to think of what One Tree Hill would be like if it was on HBO. Well, I feel like Mouse would have gotten laid more. Lucas, Peyton, and, and Brooke would have had a threesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, can I just say this about B. Davis? Um, because life always goes back to B. Davis. And sometimes, in reality, it just goes back to Sophia Bush because she's amazing. She, when I think of, like, amazing girl power, I think of Sophia Bush. Because she yep. admits that even she fucks up. She admits that you got to love each other. You, she admits that you got to be there for each other. And she, like, she is that girl. Did you get the sense from the podcast episode today that we're going to be getting lots of tea as this podcast continues? I mean, it, I hope so. We already heard about they, the creepy... Because they, they kind of like touched, they didn't really go into detail, but they kind of touched on it. Yeah, and they told there. us a little bit about the places <laughs> that they lived. So like, I need more information about Wilmington during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilmington is still racist, by the way. So <laughs> anyway. I might have to make that like a little like weekend trip one, one weekend to go up there and just kind of like go to all the places that I watched on TV. I mean, dead ass, do it. Um, one time I took one of my best friends just walking. You know me, I walk. And one of my friends, he doesn't really walk very much, but I wanted him to. I wanted him to see these places. So I took him on like a walk. We started on the Upper West Side and made our way down to like the village. And we just, I just showed him famous like places that were in TV shows and movies that we both loved. And it's great. It's a fun trip. Like, do it. If I had, like, if I was in a car driving around the country doing that shit, I would never be home. My job would have to be remote. I'm be real. 
Um, but no, like what I was saying about like V Davis is the one thing I love about her is that like B Davis, and this is only just coming from someone who's queer and black, and I don't know what it's like to be a female, you know what I mean? Um, especially a teen female. Oh my god, I'm sorry for all of the shit y'all had to deal with as teenagers. Um, is that like she made me feel like I was getting better. Because I saw her getting better. And then I saw her fall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I saw her get mm-hmm. better again. Yeah. And that's like, one. Of, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about like TV and like film and like why a lot of us get really sucked into like certain fandoms or why we are so involved with like watching shows and with that escape is that like, I don't want to always read a book to escape or to yeah. find myself. And like book series, a book series might get like four books and it might span out over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think that I didn't realize how much One Tree Hill like mattered to me until this week when I started like the podcast came out and I listened to the podcast and I didn't realize like, holy shit, like I'm kind of a geek about this right now. Well, you guys are gonna remember One Tree Hill came out when we were in our tween and teen years. Mm-hmm. I think I was a sophomore in high school. If I can tell you, it was 2003. It, might have been a it was 2003, right? When it came out. Mm-hmm. So in 2003, I was going into middle school, or I was in middle school. I was going through, like, all those, you know, tweeny bopper years, right? Mm -hmm. And One Tree Hill, I remember I had all these friends who were talking about, like, watching, you know, teen shows now that we're in high school or middle school. And, like, this is our new show and blah, blah, blah. You know, we all had something to talk about the next day at lunch. Mm -hmm. And I was, like getting it was like you know that time I was getting out of cartoons and all that stuff and I started to realize like oh shit okay this is happening and then like as it was going on I remember like by the time I got to like sophomore year in high school it had been syndicated by then so I was like catch you know I was like you know when you're lucky you're lucky if you can figure out when the syndication starts and you can watch the first episode and you catch because sometimes it gets syndicated, and a and a, sh- a network will play it. Like TNT is good about this. They'll play like an AM session and a PM session, but like they won't start them at the same time. So you have to make sure if you're gonna watch the AM session, the reruns, you always watch those so you can stay in sync. Because mm-hmm. if you don't stay in sync, then you'll miss an episode. There are a whole millions of children that won't ever understand what it's like to not be able to ever to, to just not see to, to just miss an episode do you do you know that none i don't i i remember one time i asked my nephew what do you watch in the morning before you go to the bus he's like what do you mean and i was like what do you do you people not watch tv in the morning do you not just turn on your tv in the morning when you're like you have TVs in your bedroom, your your grandmother made a big deal about making sure to buy you a TV for your room, 
And she made sure a big deal to have cable. So like, what do you, we watch Smallville in the morning. Yeah. Okay. You know how early you woke up to watch Smallville? You, you, Smallville and Charmed. And Charmed or VH1 or MTV. And then don't forget, if you woke up really, really, really fucking early, you could find an episode of Degrassi Junior High on TV. <laughs> you had to wake up at like five in the fucking morning to watch Degrassi Junior High before going to your middle school and experiencing this middle school bullshit. You were like, I witnessed this today on Degrassi. They went through this in 1980-something. I'm going through it in 2000-something. And like these shows, they were part of your life because you watched Mm -hmm. them during these years. During those years, like I wasn't watching, I'll be real, I wasn't watching reality shows like that in high school or middle school. I think the only real reality show I really got into were The Real World and The Ashley Simpson Show. I'll be honest. Yeah, TV didn't really get popular till like mid early 2000s. Yeah. Ashley Simpson Show. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to remember. Uh, the odd points had been off the air by the time it really started booming. So, and I was too young to watch the odd points, so I had to watch it later. I rented the the cop. I rented the DVD from Blockbuster. Oh my yes. gosh! I used my grandfather's Blockbuster card and rented the DVD. Um, but like these shows, they were happening so we would watch them and we would understand it because they were going through something very similar to us. You know what I mean? And I would mm-hmm. always I would always either discover or rediscover shows at the right time in life, right? <laughs> like, I, like, because I remember Felicity used to be on when I was a child. I would, like, really little, you know what I mean? And... Mm. I didn't watch it very often. So I didn't really get to see it as a kid because like, I was in like elementary school when it came out. Yeah. And then when I was out of, I was like, what? Going, I was graduating from high school. I rediscovered it. And I watched it all the way through. And it affected me. Seeing Amy Jo Johnson as someone other than the Pink Power Ranger. But it was like that show was the right show to watch during that time in my life. But thank Degrassi. I watched it. I grew up with them. They look, when Degrassi came out again, I was in middle school. I was just getting into middle school. They were just releasing that bit. I was growing up with JT. And then when they murdered him, I didn't, I had just experienced a friend dying in school. So not only was it fuck Lakehurst for life, it was like, oh shit, I'm experiencing this shit that these other people are. This is real. So it's it's, it's wild. But again, I I know he's his family, you know, may he rest in peace. His family's doing good. I'm happy. Um, 
Yeah, but like, you know, those shows, that's, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why they affect us so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Although I will say this. I'm really need TV shows. I think they stopped doing it, but they're probably going to start doing it again. Is having the school shooter episode. Yeah. Do you remember the school shooter episode? Yo, the one in Degrassi, wheelchair Jimmy, okay? You know, you know. thank you, Drake. I saw you walking at your reunion, and I'm upset. I saw you. Wheelchair Jimmy finally started walking again. Fucking Degrassi. But then, like, the one in One Tree Hill, when they were in the library, mm. yo, that library fucked me up. That library scene. Yeah. But... I just, I'm, I'm glad. This is what happens whenever you and I have conversations. Somehow it does lead back to TV because we are both really in love with TV television. We are TV whores. We are TV. I mean, you like trash TV more than I do, but that's on you. That's that's between you and your savior. I watch a plethora of genres, minus cartoons and um, anime. Okay, first of all, I'm glad you know the difference. I didn't want to clarify that I also didn't feel like getting yelled at. <laughs> as long as you know you ain't shit, but you being but you being progressively ain't shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not for nothing, mm. I don't watch anime like that. Like I tried, I'm still traumatized by it because I remember when they used to make caricatures of black people on anime. Especially on Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball. I don't know. Don't yell at me for not knowing the difference. I really don't give a fuck. They made caricatures of Black people. And I was learning about caricatures around that time. And I was like, well, anime ain't for me. This is terrible. And then they're like, well, they've gotten better. No, 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 no. I understand. We all get better over time. I don't have time. Like, they're, you say they're getting better, but, like, let's be real. They ain't got Black people like that over there. So I don't expect them to understand our culture. So I understand that you might be able to relate to this character and this show, and I completely understand that as someone who dived deep into the world of Doctor Who and One Tree Hill, and, you know, like, I understand that. But I've been traumatized by this, so I don't even fuck if y'all care about me not knowing the difference. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those things that building a bridge and get over it. Like there's a whole area, and it's not it's not as great as you want it to be. Yeah, but this is what happens. Start talking about TV, and this is where we go. So before we get into a whole other TV conversation, oh my god, yeah, we do need to wrap up. Busy, it's been two hours of us recording, of us recording, and I'm gonna eat me some food and watch me an episode. Of a motherfucking animal kingdom, and then I, what season are you on? I'm on season one because I just discovered it. Oh, I'm at the end of season one. Okay, and I just have one question. Okay, am I ever gonna like Smurf? Yes or no? You're gonna respect it. Well, I'll be smoking weed. I feel like I should watch it with you. 
I, I mean, don't you have a whole other list of shit that you're doing? I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, but there's like 10 episodes a season. So like I could literally catch up with you by tomorrow. Because you don't watch TV while you work. Oh, yeah. This is why we don't tell each other. We, this is why we don't tell people our real jobs out here. Um, I the only thing I watch at work is Bailey Serion, and okay. I I only watch her on Mondays or Tuesdays during my lunch. Okay. Because the rest of the day I'm listening to podcasts because I'm doing a thousand things. But yeah, okay. um, yes. I'll take a little. I'll take a little. I just ended season nine of Bad Girls Club. I was going to start season 10 today. So I will take a little break and I'll watch Animal Kingdom with you. So you have someone to talk to you about it. Yes. Okay. Yes. See, this is, look at this. Look at this. I'm, you know what? I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, so I, I said, I appreciate you, you boy. I said, I said, I love you too. My love is a conditional love under okay. the condition. Mm-hmm. And an acknowledgement mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, I am magic. And if you know that about me, we're good. Yes, my love is selfish, bitch. My love is selfish, love. I don't give a fuck about you. You think I care about your feelings here? No. Mine. You are whatever you say you are. Just because I be checking in on bitches when they sick and I be making them soups. Or just if because I be... wasn't, then why would I say you are? Thank In you. the paper, the news, every day you are. The radio won't even play your jams. This is... I have no idea where this episode is going, so we're going to start... <laughs> <laughs> I, just recited, I just recited, like, reworked Eminem lyrics, so I'm clearly, like, not in a... <laughs> In a great place. <laughs> Speaking of problematic allies for people. <laughs> Yo, did you go through that phase when you were like in your teen years where you were obsessed with Eminem? Yes, it lasted much longer than it should have. It really did. It really did. Like, I remember there was probably like a month, maybe two, where I listened to every Eminem album. I, 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 I didn't start liking him, like really liking him until after I think either his second or third album, maybe his second album, because the first album I actually have never listened to because my mom got wind that he talked about like raping his wife. I don't know if that's true, but she got wind of that and I wasn't allowed to listen to that album. All right. So if I remember correctly, you're not far off. Um, I don't know if Kim was his wife, though. I don't remember. If she probably was at some point, I don't know. Eminem lives a different life than I do, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't be knowing. Um, because I remember the Kim saga, and I and then what happened, what I really remember was I got <coughs> into him, and then I was like, okay, I'm over you. Like, I'm tired. I am... No one had the energy to be this angry every day. I was an Eminem fan for as long as TRL was like the shit. Oh, that's a long time. So that was a long time, and that was a lot of people's first exposure to hip hop. So, woo! And then, like, and then 
I would, you would like hear him every once in a while being featured on somebody's song and I'd be like, cool. And then I remember the whole Mariah Carey obsessed era. Why are you obsessed with me? And then I was like, oh, and then he, I heard his diss and I was like, nah, obsessed is iconic. Whatever you doing ain't. And then, and then it was like, and then I remember the last time I enjoyed anything by him was Roman's Revenge. And I was only because I was into Nikki at that time. Mm. Now, if you got last- me to listen to Roman's Revenge now, I'd ask you to turn it off. Oh, Nicki Minaj. That whole song is so fucking problematic. It is so fucking problematic that I don't even think I enjoyed it. I just think I was listening to it just because it was Nicki Minaj. We did so much stupid stuff. That's like that's like everybody had that rumor around school that Marilyn Manson took his own ribs out so he could suck his own dick. I still think that's true, How, by the way. I mean, I want you to know. I want you to know one thing. I hate Marilyn Manson. So, oh yeah, he's a racist motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he's a pervert. And a pervert. So, like, you know, right on track. Um, and I want the worst of rumors about him to be true. The yeah. worst of rumors. I only want it to be true so that he can choke on it. Thank you. See, that's adding to the narrative. And that's adding to the narrative in a way that this choking can be open-ended. Okay? We're not saying we wish death on him because we don't wish death on people over here. Okay? But maybe when you maybe when you come to and wake up, you realize that you ain't shit. That's what you and God. Like, you need to be a better person. You know what I'm saying? He just needs to start over. Just, just, just go needs back to be to washed in the blood of Jesus. You, I mean, maybe not that much. He needs to be washed in the blood of Jesus like black Jesus, because white Jesus ain't going to be enough for him. <laughs> no, dead ass, dead ass, dead ass. I am not a Christian. But if you told me that black Jesus was watching over me, I'd be a little wary about my steps. I would be. Okay. Okay. Again, far off topic. Um, <laughs> far off topic. Do you do this with everybody though? Or is this just like a us thing? Okay. It happens with almost everybody. But like with you, you and I cannot be put in a room together. We're the cousins at like, we're the cousins at the funeral and the fourth pew, the fourth pew. Knowing we need to act right, but neither one of us can do it. <laughs> and behind us, we got our great auntie looking like who want you know they sitting in the back because they ain't they ain't fucking with the family like that, and they looking at us like I'm gonna whip these kids when I get out of here. Oh, y'all thought y'all grown? I'm gonna whip you anyway. So I was I was an I think it's called an acolyte. I don't know. I went to this Methodist church, and they did like the whole like light the candle thing that. But I think it's an acolyte. It wasn't an altar boy. But I, I would, I would, pref- I, I've heard the term <laughs> acolyte. Okay. 
so during church the lady would get mad who was like in charge of us would get mad because we were talking too much so she would feed us candy to like keep us occupied and my mom would like I would get me home and I'd just be like bouncing off the walls and she's like what is wrong and then she found out one day so that I couldn't be an acolyte anymore and that was a um, completely useless story but for some reason you made me think of it all because of candy. Okay, so Marlena, yeah. you've given us many examples today. <laughs> that racism is everywhere. <laughs> you've given us many examples today, but I still have to ask you a very important question. Why am I canceled? Well, first of all, Madam, Madam Psychic, so we put words in my mouth? Yes. Um, I, the question is not why am I canceled? The important question that I have to ask you, Marlena, is why are you canceled? <laughs> Go ahead. You can answer. It's because I ain't shit. That covers pretty much everything. Um, I'm canceled because I don't believe in anime. Well, that's fair. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to respect this. I ain't even mad at it. I'm not even mad at it. You canceled yourself. So, like, like the anime nerds, what do they call themselves? The weeaboos? The, the, the oo-woo crowd? I don't know. Y'all can, y'all can correct me later, okay? Don't yell at me, but y'all can correct me. Um, no, that's not a thing. That I can tell you is not a thing. Um, I've been to Animagement once. Can't answer any questions. I was completely intoxicated the whole time. I don't... As a bitch who goes to Comic-Con, as a bitch who had gone to SparkCon, as a bitch who goes to the conventions, okay? I have one question. Why the fuck is Animagement the smelliest one? Why is Animazement the one where people are so afraid of aluminum that they won't buy any deodorant? That's my only question. Y'all can answer me for that, asking that question, but I'm going to be real. I'm not the only one asking y'all that question. I've seen the internet. All of it. I've seen the whole internet. I'm not the only one. I don't believe in it. I'm not the... Y'all don't believe in... Y'all don't believe in deodorant? I don't believe in you. (laughs) Well, I believe in you. I don't believe in your anime. Let's Get some aluminum and I believe in anime. Anime, Get and aluminum. Are the, anime and Santa are the same person. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> first of all, um, I mean, for me at least, for me at least, I want to say thank you for being here and being, look, I know that some people would rather me wrap up Pride being, you know, doing this episode with another, like, out and loud and, you know, rainbow flag queer person. Um, But I do, I like touching on allyship. And I feel like I always said, like, you're one of my favorite allies. You're one of my top ones. Um, you and our cousin, a sass, a yo, Rudy, a yo, 
Hey yo, look, hey yo, hey yo, Seppa, Seppa with the sauce. Yo, yeah, you sick. Pancake booty. That booty though. You out here being a real ass nigga. You out here being a real ass ally, and I see you trying. Um, you are not a lesbian. I feel like I have to say that. <laughs> Your Instagram might might give off that vibe. Her Instagram really, <laughs> really might. <laughs> she posted a story the other day and I slid into her DM like, so you wonder why people be thinking you riding the straps. And she would like, she started, she was cackling, but she was like, you right. Like, cause you know I'm right. She doesn't ride the straps, but she gets the straps. Okay, so that, that, doesn't help. that doesn't help. That doesn't help. <laughs> that really doesn't help. That really doesn't help. That really does not help. Because like, I am like almost, I'm not dipping into her sex life and I'm not putting it on blast like that. But like, I'm pretty sure she's not into pegging. Like yeah, I'm 95% sure she's not it's always, into it's pegging. Always, it's always the quiet ones. It's always the quiet ones. She ain't quiet. That bitch lied as fuck. That's true. <laughs> That's your cousin. She loud as fuck. Uh, right, but I do want to thank you and the one who does not like pegging. I found out today's episode. This, we now know today's episode. Um, I want to thank her. <laughs> I gave you so many good gems today, Fen. You really did. And that might this episode might be subtitled She's not into pegging, but it might be title or something else. I mean, chicken pox vagina. Anime and Santa are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Dan Scott. Uh, I mean, if Dan Scott were Jesus, it'd be Fuck Jesus. Like, you out here. You out here. You, you give me some gems. I mean, this episode, I love you. I love you too. Now you get my love, that conditional love. You made my magic shine. Look at you. My magic shine. Ha! That's why I love you. Please conditional love. Now I'll be loving you throughout everything. Throughout everything. Not that, even when you, even you when you're being rude to me. Even when you are telling me, even when you call me out of my shit or or whatever. And I'll be wrong at times. I know it. I ain't always right. Okay. Contrary to popular belief. Okay. I ain't always right. Okay, now it's all now you're getting gay. Now you're getting gay. (laughs) And it's not sitting well with me. (laughs) Now you're getting really gay. And I feel really awkward. So I am going to today. Uh first of all, say thank you for being here. Um, you are really gay. Um, <coughs> um, uh, I hope you all enjoyed the bombs and gems and wildness that have been dropped. Thank God, all of the gods. I mean, specifically, specifically right now, I'm thanking Hera <laughs> that we are in different cities. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would have asked her to smite the middle of whatever table we were sitting at. Um, 
if we were in the same city, this podcast would have been eight hours long. It really would have been. So, like, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> y'all need to be thankful that I'm with But I hey, would call them. Mother, Motherland Fort Salem comes on tonight. Okay, so I am behind. All right. I am so yeah, behind. I I'm so behind. I didn't finish the first season. Or I... Uh, or is ABC? I think you're thinking of. I think you're thinking of the um of something else. No, because it, it was not ABC Family anymore. Freeform. Are they still doing that thing where they break up seasons? Because remember they used to do that shit. You would yeah. think you would you would think that season yeah, one like, had this ended. This show had this show had fourteen seasons, and then you go on Netflix, it's like five seasons. The fuck. And then on top of that, in between. Somewhere along the way in season two, they went from being 15 to 21 in looks only. Mm-mm-mm. You had, why did you, how did you magically get a whole different face within the two minutes that you went from the bathroom back into the kitchen to yell at your boyfriend? I'm trying to figure this out. So, mm-hmm. I, so I don't know, maybe it's not season the first season but i'm i i missed where that little break was remember because they did they, just, just make sure that you put it back on the list of things to watch oh it's on my list it's on my list okay. you know i need my magical shit so okay. now we're officially getting out of, we're officially getting out oh of yeah, yeah 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 now goodbye everybody goodbye farewell so long of we production um sayonara hasta luego um um I'll be knowing some word, you know. Um, I'm going to close out today without a Jerry Springer quote. I'm not doing the Jerry Springer quote. So today's quote, I'm closing out with, inspired by the great show that is One Tree Hill. People always leave.